Hey everybody, Gabe here. Just want to introduce a little special segment that we're going to give a little trial to. If you are familiar with the old newsreel footage from pre-war stuff uh, that they used to play in movie theaters, they used to cover old race events as well. And I decided that I wanted to try and recreate that for some of the races this year. So here it is. Uh, It's a little intro, and I hope you enjoy it. Thanks. Engines fire and flags wave for the start of the 2023 Formula One season in Bahrain. And the rough. The raging Red Bull of young Max Verstappen charges away as the Prince of Monaco, Charles Leclerc, grabs second place in his prancing horse. Meanwhile, just behind the Super Fox, Fernando Alonso is putting in a great show of things. Until his fancy boy, Canadian teammate Stroll, punts him from the inside. Easy there, Sonny Jim. Alonso doesn't miss a step or a gear change as he rockets past young George Russell and the mustached Finn Vertre Botas to snag fifth place. Meanwhile, trouble for boy wonder down under Oscar Piastri, driving the wheel off his McLaren literally as he pulls into the bits. His team puts on a new one, but its bucket of bolts has said enough and retires. British heart for Orlando Norris comes into the bits for a top off of hydraulic fluid. This is proving to be quite the thirsty beast of a motor racing car. Back up front, the Mexican dynamo, Sergio Perez, retakes second place from the monogast Leclerc. I'll be taking that from you, Charles. Thank you very much. Meanwhile, the flying Frenchman, Esteban Ocon, is hit with a five-second penalty for being outside of his grid position. And he takes another penalty. And another. You naughty boy. Alonso continues his battle for a spot on the champagne-soaked podium, but first he must get past the sledgehammer Lewis Hamilton and his sinister black Mercedes. He does it! Fantastic racing, boys. However, all is not well for the Ferrari racing cars, as the beating heart of Leclerc's prancing horse dies. Better luck next time, your majesty. Max Verstappen and his raging Red Bull take the race for a decisive win. But for the fans, the Silver Fox Alonso won their hearts and minds this race. Alright, welcome to F1 or F Off, your audio pit stop for F1 news and race reviews. I'm your host, Gabe. And I'm Adrice. What it do, baby booze? What it do. So, first race of the season is one and done. Mm-hmm. Um, oof, what a doozy this one was in many ways. Uh, yeah, um, like, look, we're not, we're not even giving you guys a preamble. We're just going right into no, it. We're no, going right, in, honestly, we're going no right dining. into it. Yeah. You know, Adrice and I, we catch up before we do any recording, so you guys don't need to hear that. You don't need to hear personal <laughs> life stuff. We're here to talk yeah. about what you care about, and that's the race. You don't need to hear about how I ate tons of cupcakes over the weekend. <laughs> you ate? T- you didn't tell me that. I yeah, ate tons I did. of cupcakes. I did. I did. Oh. Yeah. Oh, that's fair. I had like four mini chocolate muffins. So, like, yeah, I was I was definitely gorging yesterday pretty badly. Are we, are we talking like like the hostess ones? No, there's a good. You know, it's funny we talk about jumping right into this show and then we just start talking about personal stuff. This is fine. Um, yeah, no, I went. I just walked down to the food carts by me and I got myself a sandwich and some uh, yuca fries. And then I went into there's like a um, uh, Mexican food market. It's like a little market. Yeah. 
and they just had like these packages of like you know it basically it's like hostess cakes but like okay. they were like vanilla muffins with like little chocolate things on top and they're the size of like a i don't know like a oversized like it's slightly smaller than a test ball but uh, i gotta stop that so yeah. You know, I had smoothie and tea this morning, so that's there we go. There I go. Yeah. You can always press reset, you know. Yeah, well, that's all right. I gotta do a hard reset. So yeah, to here we're here today to talk to you guys about the Bahrain GP. This was like we said, it was a doozy. This was really good. Doozy. Um, I mean, hopefully, you guys like some of our takes, some of our hot, spicy takes. Um, I mean, I'm sure they'll probably be in line with what white hot people think. Yeah, yeah. White, white hot takes. So with the Bahrain GP, just a little bit of background on that for those that aren't familiar. It goes, I think, officially by the name of the Gulf Air Bahrain Grand Prix. Mm -hmm. uh, this track was founded back in April 2004. Country of origin, Bahrain, clearly. You Time don't say. <laughs> really? It, oh yeah, yeah. It, it's also a nighttime race. I don't know if you guys noticed that. Although, I, I don't think this was always a nighttime race. Gabe, you it mentioned that it was, it was also a daytime race. Yeah, point, no, right? it wasn't. And it, it makes me a little sad, honestly, because it like if you watch preseason testing, you'll see you see yeah. them racing during the day. And like, you know, Bahrain is sort of a, you know, it's kind of in the desert and at least where the track is. And so mm -hmm. it's just really it's there's something about it during the day. It's really pretty. I like the layout of this track, although I, I'm just I have a hard time with spelling in general. So I keep forgetting how to spell Bahrain. And that's that's my struggle. Every time I try and like yeah. type it or write it down, it's like I think what did I write in my notes? It was like B-A-H-R-E-I-G-N. Like I'm just like all over the place. Yeah, I think I think when you pronounce it, it's like Bahrain, right? Bahrain, like there's like a glottal, yeah. there's a glottal stop there. Yeah, yeah. I need to just remember that. Um, yeah, I there was that push. I think it was a few years back where they're starting to do more night races. I think it was kind of yeah. when like Saudi or uh, the Saudi Grand Prix started coming around. They do like the yeah. dusk into night. Um, and so I think Bahrain just happened to have the light infrastructure to do it. So there's like, yeah, well, why not? So, uh, yeah, 77 degrees Fahrenheit there right now at 11 p.m. So you can imagine it's probably a scorcher during the day. So, yeah, that's yeah. probably why they do that. Um, just to finish out some of the quick stats on the track. The F1 driver with the most wins at Bahrain is Lewis Hamilton with five wins. Mm -hmm. He did not add a win today, though. No. So. <laughs> yeah, we'll get, we'll get into that. Qualifying was really fun to watch. Um, I was so blown away with Williams, like to the point that I was just like, whoa, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Are these guys going to be maybe like, like squarely midfield? Maybe even best of the rest? Maybe that is, that, that's saying a lot. But... <laughs> I like I'm I'm pleasantly I was very surprised with um with Williams and Haas had a good showing too. Nico Hulkenberg coming out. I think he got P was it P seven? He made it to Q three. He made it to Q three. And I yeah. think he started P ten. Alonso was P five. Yeah, because mm. it was Red Bull, Red Bull, Ferrari, Ferrari, and then Fernando. But yeah, no, Williams definitely strong. I'm really happy about it because I just, mm -hmm. you know, I, I think that they've worked really, really hard the past few years and have had a yeah. lot of lean years and they, they deserve to sort of have a come up and their their qualifying was, was pretty good. It was a pretty strong showing and they also translated that to the race pretty well. McLaren, man, I just like you even it, qualifying, right? like qualifying to start with. I mean, it was just like, what? Well, come on, guys. Like, yeah. it, you know, they were having a lot of struggles in preseason and it sucks to see and you know especially because there's all this hype around piastri and there was the whole controversy of him like being an alpine driver and then not yeah. going to alpine and going to mclaren and now everybody's just mm -hmm. like hey like you know do you regret that like yeah. um even though as we'll talk about i don't even think alpine is 
being particularly strong necessarily, but you know, yeah, we'll see. I think one of the other big highlights out of Quali was that that Aston Martin was looking real nice, mm -hmm. looking real, real nice. Um, yeah, it looked great under the the nighttime lights, and that green is it pops. It is. is chef's kiss. It is. I will say though, they were talking about Ferrari and uh, Alpha being hard to distinguish. At least in the nighttime race, it's almost yeah. hard to distinguish the Mercedes and the Alpha under the lights. I would say that's a better, yeah, that's a better comparison. Um, like, because anytime I see the Alpha, I'm like, that's definitely an Alpha versus a Ferrari, right? I mean, I see the red first, and so mm. from there, you kind of do like a you know two plus two is four, and yeah, you I mean, it all out. these. <laughs> <laughs> all these dark cars i think in the nighttime i think it's yeah. gonna it's really it's a lot harder i think during the day the green will reflect more of the light from the suns and sun and stuff yeah. so i think that will that'll make life yeah. a little easier but yeah absolutely um, walk us through the uh the beginning of this race Ooh. all right <laughs> so a lot happened a lot happened so first <laughs> off i was watching the um the sky sports stream with with your boy Crofty and, and yeah. Bundle. Uh, mm -hmm. Those are the guys I've been listening to while watching every single race uh, Same. since I started all those years back. Um, but yeah, damn, lap one, they came out swinging, you know, right off jump. Alonzo and Stroll touch. And <laughs> well, did <laughs> they I'm touch watching... or did Stroll just punt Alonzo? There you go. That that might be like, more accurate. Didn't that happen last year at Coda, by the way? Well, no. So, it, it, I mean, they did. They definitely came together at Coda. But what, what happened there was Alonzo was trying to pass Stroll on the straightaway. And Stroll moved over, I mean, you know, to defend, right. but he basically moved over right into Alonzo and it basically yeah. like ejected Alonzo into the air temporarily, just did like a, you know, a wheelie, yeah. slammed into the wall. And then, you know, I'm, it's amazing that he was able to finish in the points after that. Yeah. No, this one, um, Alonzo has a specific race style. I know about, like, I know it's, he likes to do the under, he likes to do the undercut in a corner. If, if a car cuts through this, you know, goes from the, to the outside of a corner and then starts to kind of cut into the inside, Alonzo a lot of times will he'll stay behind them um, kind of towards their left and then he will get a more direct line across the apex of the turn in order to cut them off on the inside and so basically he was positioning himself to do that at the start and Stroll just came flying up at the middle of the you know right right into the inside and just like just punted him and I was just like ah oh. and everybody was freaking out like in the like all the Aston Martin guys I mean rightfully so Course. And I just think like it was just I mean, I, you know, I don't know if Stroll locked up or anything, but I feel like he just sort of it, it felt like that sort of anxiety move that like guys do when they're playing like Forza Motorsport and you're trying to just cut half the field and you just dive into the inside and just yeah. bump into people and just force your way through. That's what it kind of felt like as I watched it. But uh, good on Alonzo for recovering. And, yeah. uh, you know, he basically took a second to kind of like gather his composure again and then jump back yeah. into it. So, yeah. And right on that first lap, too, right at the start, um, shout out to Charles Leclerc. Oh, my God. That was mm -hmm. an excellent start. Right. His reaction time was so nice, so smooth. And Checo, on the other hand, did not have a good start at all. Right. He got right. kind of caught sleeping at the wheel. Um, that also might just be kind of figuring things out with gear shifting um, as far as these new cars go. You know, they right. only just started practicing yeah. a few weeks back, right? So, yeah. and yeah, by the end of lap one, Max, had he already had a one-second lead built up by the end of the mm -hmm. first lap. Like, yeah. bonkers. Yeah, it was it was big. There was, a, there was a point in that race, I think it was a couple laps, maybe like, maybe just one or two laps after that where, you, like, they were going down the street, and Max was just so far ahead of everybody else. Yeah. 
it was wild. It reminded me of the Vettel era of Red Bull, where mm-hmm. you know the blown diffuser era. Oh yeah, Vettel would just be within three three laps. He would be like That's ten yeah. seconds ahead. Like it was just insane. Like yeah. how the world, you know? Um, he, he literally picked up his ball and just went home. Like, yeah, and and, and so and so at this point, I'm gonna say something about that specifically. This is just my like. This is just my like Nostradamus moment, right? <laughs> this is my like. What this is what I think might be happening. Okay. Um, I get a feeling maybe hmm. Red Bull is doing something else that's something that nobody else is doing. Because you think so sure, like establishing a lead is one thing. Yeah. But when you're that far ahead, that fast, something's going on. You think it makes me feel like there's something about the car that has some advantage over a lot of other people. And the only reason why I'm saying that is because when that was happening with Vettel in the Vettel era, that was the blown diffuser. Mm-hmm. And the blown diffuser was only was on the Red Bull. Nobody really knew nobody was doing that. Yeah. And then they just started copying everybody and then it was banned like later, mm-hmm. later on. So I don't no. know what I don't know what it could be, but I just see when I see a performance jump like that, it just makes yeah. me feel like mm. even Mercedes, like they would pull themselves ahead, but they wouldn't be like they yeah, wouldn't, wouldn't like tens, they wouldn't be that far ahead yeah. in two laps. You know what I mean? It was a lot. <laughs> They're not closer. going warp speed. Yeah. Right. No, that's a really good point. Um, you know, when I saw that, my first thought was, oh wow, all of that chaos behind Max and Charles really allowed him to just pull that big lead on Charles, right? Um, but hearing you say this, yeah, I could, I could see that. I could see that being the case because one second within one lap, that's a massive, it's really huge, massive gap to really build. big gap. Yeah, I, I, I would think like half a second to three quarters of a second. That's realistic and feasible, I would say. You know, yeah. But a full I, second, yikes! There, dude. There's definitely something to say about being in clean air. You know what I mean? Oh, 100 percent. Um, yeah. And stuff like that, um, because your car works more efficiently. But yeah. even still, like they design these cars to be more efficient through the air. Yeah. You know, so it's not like the people behind them are all in the dirty air and they, yeah. they can't get the traction. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not sure, but this is just my, like I said, my Nostradamus moment. Yeah. Projecting it out there to see what happens. So, so uh, before we go on to the next uh, main main event, you said dirty air. That made me think of uh, Chain Bear's song. He he has a song that he made called Dirty Air. Oh, he did? <laughs> oh, I didn't even know that. It's, it's really good. Yeah. Oh, my it's gosh. Like, it's like him just saying dirty air and it's all this like nice like euro euro trans beat (laughs) um that's perfect yeah uh so around lap 10 or 11 mclaren pulls in to the pits with piastri your boy from down under oscar piastri yeah he had some major steering wheel issues it looked like yeah they or that might have been later actually lap 15 but he had they were having some issues both the both the maccas as a brundle calls them yeah, um, Piastri, they were going to swap out his steering wheel. And when it happened, like, it, what was crazy is, like, the car was on the jacks, and the guy reaches in, he pulls the steering wheel off, the guy goes to, like, put it back in, and, like, the car drops right as soon as he tries to put it in, so he doesn't get it in right away. Yeah. And then <laughs> the funny thing is the car shuts off, and the steering wheel's on, and it has, like, the, it, like, you're looking at the screen, he's, like, trying to turn the, the, the steering wheel on to the car, and it says, like, McLaren. And it like 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 a boot up screen, you know, because it's like a computer. <laughs> and I just imagine in my head in Piastri's helmet just goes, bum, dun, 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 you know, like the yeah. the Google yep. start or the the Windows startup noise. Oh um, yeah. And I just thought to myself, I'm like, okay. I mean, I don't know about. I'm not like an engineer. Maybe you can answer this better. Sure. Is it necessary to have like a boot up screen? Um. Like, is that like I a guess... thing that gets like programmed in? Like, or could they? Could it just be like, oh, you just boot, it just boots up. You know what I mean? Um, I think typically you see like a screen 
Uh, the reason you would see a screen is because it indicates to you, the user, that yes, the system is operating, it is just running some background processes before you're actually able to provide okay. inputs and change the system, right? Okay. Because imagine if you try to turn it on and you keep pressing the on button, and then suddenly the, the screen pops up that you can then begin putting in inputs, whereas okay. you were turning it on, 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 and then you might actually damage the device, right? Because you put right. so many power cycles on it. So mm -hmm. I think that's what I think that would be the use case for that. Okay. Yeah. Well, whatever it was, they could not get the car going again, and they yeah. just retired it. The, yeah. That. Uh, oh my god. Which is so, just just a bummer. I think he he retired on fifteen, maybe, because mm -hmm. that was also when Max was coming down the pit lane, and they're like, "Oh, here comes a Red Bull just coming down," and you just see like the McLaren in the back, like, "Hey, hey." Hey, yeah, I, it's just they're just like, well, too. you know, <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Well, and then and then Norris had throughout the whole race, Norris um, had a hydraulic boy. problem. He had like a or pneumatic like leak. I think is what they were calling it. They had to keep yeah. refilling it. What's the deal with that specific element of the car? Did so. If it's a hydraulic issue, that's get, that that can be really bad. Um, that can be detrimental to the engine, just to the race, right? Um, and you might actually lose a power unit because of that. So anything hydraulic is going to be some kind of fluid, right? Probably hydraulic oil they're using um, to provide pressurized oil to some component of the of the vehicle. I don't know where exactly it would be, but you can imagine if you have something that's pressurized and you have a leak, you cannot maintain that pressure, right? And so right. you're not able to actually push that fluid to where it needs to be in the vehicle, mm. and then, or the, specifically the power unit. So you can run into an issue where you're actually running the engine really hot at these really crazy high operations um, operational yeah. conditions they're running at, and then you'll just kill the the power unit. And you can imagine from McLaren, they're like, "Yo, this is race one. We do not want to lose a power unit right now because you know we only we're only allocated so many for the year. I think last year it was three PUs mm. for the season. I need to double check that." But, um, oh, I'm using acronyms here. For those that aren't familiar, a PU is a power unit, which is effectively just the car's engine. Right. It's a real unit, yeah. as the kids say. <laughs> um, but yeah, it yeats uh, the car around. Yeah. Would you yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the unit yeats the car around the track. That's right. Um, yeah, no, yeah, Norris had to keep coming in and getting like a, a like a repressurizing of that that fluid because they, they, there was a guy like right right there who just kept putting the thing in and that just he was two laps down by the yeah. end so it was just real bad. Yeah. Speaking of which, you know who else had to keep coming into the pits? Your boy Ocon. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Um, so let me, what? let's do a play by play of yeah. basically what happened here. So yeah. first he pulls into his grid position, but he is slightly out of position. So like they have the lines drawn out, painted out on the track in your, within your box, but the car's wheels have to be within a certain position. They can't be over the line. They can't be to the right of the line too much. I mean, there used to be positions where like Max would like be angle himself towards somebody else so that when he takes mm -hmm. off, he has like a more aggressive like attack. But the wheels have to stay behind a certain thing. There's a position your car is supposed to be in. So he was, he like let the car slightly roll. So he was out of position. So he gets a five second penalty for that. He comes in to serve the five second penalty and also get a nose change. And the guys, the pit crew, start working on the nose before the time five second well, penalty. Five seconds are up. up. Yeah. And yeah. so he has to come in again because he gets he gets a ten second penalty because he didn't serve the five second penalty properly. And then yeah. when he comes in for that, then guess what happens? He speeds in the pit lane. Oh no, baby. And then he gets another penalty. Baby, what is he on doing? On top of that. And uh, like yeah, I, I was just like, "What?" 
He, he had is, 35 seconds worth of pit stops, right? Or built pe- up, the penalties. Built up, yeah. yeah. I mean, and that's why, like, I, I, they just, I think they ended up just, he just ended up retiring because at that point, it's just like, you've lost so much time. Yeah. You know, like, okay, being on a position, maybe that was a mistake. The crew working on the nose, like, that's not, that's not Ocon's fault. Mm-hmm. But then speeding in the pit lane, it's like, that's your fault again, man. Yeah. And of all the penalties, too, the FIA does not take kindly to speeding in the pit lane. That That's no. the one that they will throw the book at you on. No, I mean, because it, it's safety related. Yeah. It's not yeah. there arbitrarily. I mean, it's yeah. just, I mean, you watch the old races back in the 90s. Those guys just, just like flying through and there's just like crowds of people just like, I think they had a certain speed limit, but it was not anywhere near what it is now. It's so strictly regulated. But yeah, yeah safety, safety grounds for that. So yeah uh so this isn't like an actual major event but i just thought this was really funny because this happened so many times last season it seems mm-hmm. that the media team over at the liberty media still needs to uh, kind of get this together but there was a on lap 12 they were showing the rear camera view uh from hamilton's car looking towards russell's right because at that point russell i think he came on the radio he was like Blimey, am I am I going faster than Lewis or you know, something like that, right? Yeah. That, guys, that was my best British accent. I'm sorry, I'm not. I'm <laughs> not the accent guy. I'm, Blimey, would you like some water? You know, I'm not. No, no, no. I'm not the. You don't come to the show for me doing accents. You get that from Gabe. You know. <laughs> well, yeah, um, they're terrible too, though. I mean. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Terribly delicious. Every person is the fancy lad. <laughs> <laughs> I talk. Oh dear. Um, but yeah, but, uh, it's y- funny you mentioned that. Yeah, yeah. So, so they had their their title cards were they mixed swapped. their title cards up. Yeah, they were like, oh, this is the rear view from George Russell, and they're like, no, that's that's actually Lewis. He's oh. looking at George. And well, they yeah, they did this in qualifying too. They had a they, do clo- it all was, the time. they were they were zoomed in on Fernando Alonso's helmet in the pit box, and it said yeah. Lance Stroll, and I'm like, nope. And then it like disappeared. <laughs> and then like Fernando Alonso, I'm like, there you go. Um, also, too, I noticed several times that Martin Brundle referred to the Mercedes as Williams. I don't know if you caught that. Ooh. Yeah, because they were talking about just like, oh, like, he's like, Fernando Alonso's coming up on the Williams here. And I'm just like, Williams. And like, at, at first, I'm like, okay, it's a mistake. But then like, he does it again. And I'm like, maybe he's sort of uh, remembering previous. Uh, races and stuff, you know, but also mm-hmm. like, you know, it's the adrenaline of being at the race. And of course, of course. Sort of getting that. So it's like, it is funny though, like uh, the, the commentators a lot of times will make those mistakes and you just have to just kind of be aware of yourself of what you're watching. But I did think it was funny that he, of all the teams that he could have said, he said Williams in replacement mm-hmm. of Mercedes. So, <laughs> I mean, hey, maybe that's, uh, you know, maybe that's sign of things to come. Who knows? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think at this point, Alonzo had passed Lewis. Uh, I think it was somewhere oh. around, somewhere in the 30s, lap 30s. So I can't yeah, remember exactly where that happened. Alonzo, I mean, obviously, like we're gonna we're gonna talk a lot about Alonzo in this, oh. in this but oh, man. he had several great, Amazing. great battles. He had a great fight against Russell. Um, completely fairly, you know fairly early so on. respectful the way they dueled was just so beautiful right like that's the kind of racing you want to see where they're like they're trying to outfox one another but at the mm-hmm. same time there's a respect there it was, it was great yeah well it's a sign of just good drivers like yeah. if you can do that like you know if you panic under pressure and you make a dumb move like you mm-hmm. can really cause some problems not only for yourself and for your other drivers so uh, Fernando had so many close calls this race yeah. and like so it, it was amazing to see him perform but he pulled a few yeah. he pulled a move I know he this move he does every time he does it it's this like he does this thing where like it, you know a lot of drivers will try and just cut in on the inside of a corner 
But what Fernando does is if he can't if he can't pass them with the DRS down at like a tight breaking zone, he doesn't try and cut over to the right and then cut in. He will back go back behind them. He lets them go up and then he will take a wide line and then cut cut in like like he like he sort of did what he was trying to do when Lance Stroll punted him. He pulled off this move several times during this race and I always see it. I always know. And that's like the thing like Jensen Button had talked about. If you were to have all the car, the drivers all in the same painted car, all in the same painted helmet, he'd be able to pick out Alonzo. And this is an example of that, where it's just see, mm-hmm. there's there's the way he passes. You just you know it every time. You can see it. It's aggressive, but it's strategic. Like he knows he's basically playing the drivers around him in this way. That's just really great. But yeah, um, he had a great battle with Russell, and then he started to he and Hamilton started to kind of duke it out in the sense that they were yeah. you know getting close, right? And they had sort of these different um, pit strategies. So when Hamilton at this point when he was coming in, he, he said something about he asked the team like, "Why did you? Why aren't I staying out?" Like they were trying mm-hmm. to worry about an undercut. And can you you want to explain kind of what, or talk about what an undercut is? Yeah. If for- yeah. so, an undercut is one of these strategies that the pit wall will typically. Uh, typically used just to get an advantage on someone who might be sleeping ahead of them. So an undercut would be where if I'm team A and I'm racing against team B in front of me, right? Me being team A, I'm going to call my car in to pit for new tires, right? And then when I come in for new tires, I'm going to come out potentially with a distance advantage and a speed advantage because, and a speed advantage coming from the new tire life that you have, right? An overcut on the other hand would be I pit after team B pits, right? So then you are hoping that they don't have enough time to make up, uh, create a gap on you, and also that their tires don't come in at the appropriate like like temperature, speed level, all that kind of stuff. Right. And so Hamilton thought he could hold out for a little longer, but he ended up getting pulled in because they were worried that the Astons were going to undercut them. And Alonso ended up staying out for a few extra laps. He came out behind Hamilton, but not that far behind. And he lit his tires up. Mm-hmm. And at yeah, this completely. point, at this point, it was they were battling for fifth, I think. Right. Because it was Max and Perez. Leclerc yeah. was still there. Signs Hamilton and then Alonso, and so Alonso was yes. trying to chase in after Hamilton. Yeah. Man, what a chase that was too! That was great. That was so good. There was the, like, and Hamilton fought back. You know, Alonso passed him, and then Alonso lit up the tires. He 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 did some oversteer. He had to correct, and then Hamilton mm-hmm. came right back. That was incredible to watch. It, it was. was just absolutely Truly insane. Was. And I always yeah. wonder whenever Lewis and and Fernando are driving against driving against one another if there's like a little bit of like I'm not gonna let this guy pass me like not just not just from like the racing like spirit and nature of it all but just also like I did not get along with this guy at all back mm-hmm. in 2007 and I'm better than him right so I think there's that element there too yeah our boys were were fighting it out on track but yeah. you know what they didn't they didn't take each other out and they put in the best effort that they possibly could. It was a it was a really really solid battle to watch. That was absolutely delightful. This is like what you want to see. And you know what's hilarious about this? All of these epic battles are happening for like P five and P four. Like nothing was happening up front yeah. until oh, a yeah. little man named Mister Charles Leclerc yeah had a little bit of an issue. 
uh, womp womp, had some yeah. electrical failure and just shut down. So, oh boy, you know, real disappointment for Charles, but yeah. he, you know, he ended up on a pretty sensible side of the track and they had a virtual safety car but they didn't have to pull out a full one and so the race was able to kind of continue moving along and it yeah. shifted up positions all of a sudden carlos Sainz was on a podium position but he was vulnerable alonso so was chasing him down yeah. and chase him down he did man let me say like just seeing him chase carlos down was excellent just seeing what he was able to do with that aston martin i think he even said later on in the race he said after he got in v3 he was like this is a lovely car to drive mm. that th to hear fernando just be happy for once you know? yeah <laughs> it's so I, nice <laughs> i've been saying this i mean like the thing is it's like you get that guy a good car and he's going to put it where it needs to be talent is great and talent in a good car will get you places but it doesn't always translate to that because yeah. I think that the, the the factor that ends up coming into play is how much talent do you have? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You know, Fernando not only has the talent, but he has the experience. And he's been in these positions before. Like, he knows yeah. what to do. And he knows how to manage a race. And I just, yeah, the whole time I was just like, I was, you know, there wasn't a whiff of power failure or any sort of mechanical issues. And I was very happy to see that, ultimately. Man, uh, yeah, he, he and Carlos had a great little scrap there at the end, too. And being able to kind of pass his countrymen in that way, I mean, I'm sure Carlos was sort of, he was probably fanboying a little bit in the car yeah. while also being in the race because it's like his hero is yeah, on the podium. That, so I'm sure he he's glad. Several times, yeah. Yeah, I'm, real, I'm sure he's, he's absolutely glad for that. But yeah, ooh, hopefully this is not a sign of uh, things to come for Ferrari. So just to kind of sum up my, my sort of thoughts of everything, obviously absolutely over the moon for uh for alonzo um really proud of mercedes for putting up the fights that they did honestly red bull I, I, at this point i'm not i'm not necessarily excited for them as much as i am have questions um yeah, like how 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 is it that they are this far ahead also but then also complaining that they got this like harsh penalty for like you know wind tunnel time yeah i don't know what's happening there but we'll yeah. see kind of as the the season continues to play out um but also yeah Williams, great job, guys. Uh, I'm good. really happy that, like, even though, like, I mean, uh, Albon got P10, which doesn't seem like a lot, but for Williams, that is a lot on the first race. And yeah, absolutely. I'm thinking Williams and Alpha are going to be duking it out for the midfield this year. Yes. Yeah. Another Nostradamus prediction for me. I would say, uh, because Alpha was, I mean, they were there. Botas finished eighth, I think. Yeah, Botas um, finished eighth. Joe, Joe had the fastest lap. He's outside the, the top 10, so he didn't get an extra point. But we'll see kind of what happens. But I, I feel like Williams and Alpha might be battling for the top position because Alpine, they're, you know, Gasly kind of recovered some some positions, and that's great for him. But, like, the car, um, I don't know, it wasn't really making too many waves on the, on the scene there for me that I was um, really yeah. sort of impressed with. And the Haas were struggling for some with some damage, I think, so. Yeah, some of my thoughts. Uh, yeah, shout out to Williams. They held it down. I think they showed some pace here that no one really expected them to have out of preseason testing. Mm. Um, Alex Albon, he finished P10. Logan Sargent on his debut F1 race, P12. That's that's really good. And good. he's the he's the one American we have on the grid. So always, always wanting to support our fellow countrymen. So he did a mm -hmm. great job. 
uh, really excited to see what he can do this year. And just in general, I am really, really interested to see what Williams does, right? Yeah. Um, I think people were nervous after the whole takeover. Um, the Williams family, they sold their sold their stake, sold the company mm-hmm. to, I think it's like some kind of like consortium conglomerate, mm-hmm. like Doralton Ventures or something like that. But yeah. uh, they seem to still have that competitive spirit and they want to see success in the sport. And that's really great to see. Um, the car, the Williams car itself also seems to be a lot less twitchy than it was a couple seasons back. I remember watching, I think it was actually Bahrain, maybe two or three seasons ago. And like, it was coming around the corner and like just watching it during quali, that thing just did not have a good back end. Like mm-hmm. it just wanted to just like fishtail all the time. So I'm glad to see them sort out these issues that they've been facing. Yeah. Very commanding race by Max and Red Bull. Like, holy crap. Kind of what you're saying, man. Like that is... That's not normal, what you guys did there. That is wild. And this season, I don't think it's really going to be about, you know, the championship battle. Like, I at this point, I mean, granted, we're, we're one race in, but I'm more, I'm not really as interested in the championship battle as I am in the, like, midfield race and, like, who's going to be P3, P4, P5, P6, because that's going to be really, really fun to see um, with all these teams with kind of, like, there's been a new... Uh, a new rack in a stacking order, right? Yeah. Fernando with his 99th podium. Awesome. Congrats mm-hmm. to him. That's excellent to see. AJ, nothing but a number, baby. Let's just keep going. <laughs> Let's go. I love, yeah, I know. There's somebody Somebody in, the, in his race team said like, oh, this is for, you know, so-and-so that has their 60th birthday. And he's like, oh, happy birthday. He's like, 60 yeah. is the new 40. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, well, then what does that make 40? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Excellent. No, 100%. 100%. And also, too, I was going to say just a quick note um, before we uh, we kind of close up shop here. Um, if there's a team that we did not mention, it is because it's AlphaTauri, and it's because they really did not do too much throughout this race. Yeah. Um, they kind of scrambled Nick DeVries' pit strategy a little bit. Like, they should have yeah. pulled him in, uh, but they didn't. Uh, Yuki Sonoda got pulled in, and he kind of finished ahead of them, but they were still out of the points. You know, they weren't really – I think they were battling with the Haas a little bit not really showing a, a, a ton of pace, um, mm-hmm. at least that I was noticing. So uh, I also just absolutely love the fact that like the Red Bulls were kind of walking away with things in this way that nobody really cared. Like it was yeah. like Fernando yeah. when he got that third, he was celebrating like it was a race win. And so yeah. was his team. Uh, it was such a commanding third too. Yeah. Right? Like that, that's like, what was so impressive about it. Yeah. And Max was just like, oh, well, you know, oh, it's a good race. Oh, let's go to the start. Oh, you know, good job. And I just like, you know, Klaus, and I'm like, make sure my stroop waffle is ready. I mean, it was just like, yeah, this is what it feels like when you guys are just, you know, this like I worry that it's going to be just another Red Bull domination period because I just mm-hmm. the whole point of why they did the regulation changes the way they did to stop this. Exactly. So that's why I'm saying Red Bull might be, you know, Mm. you guys heard it here first. You guys heard it here first on F1 or F off recorded on March 5th. Well, you know, and honestly, we, yeah, we, we should make, maybe make this a segment for this season. Uh, We'll call it, you know, we'll, we'll give it a minute every episode and call it the Red Bull. I don't know. Not not like conspiracy box or something like that, but just like I don't know, like bits of evidence, and we'll Red build Bull our case. Pucky? Ooh, I like that. I like you know, that. That's not yeah. bad. Red Bull Pucky, mm. you know, because yeah. it's not BS, so we can keep it clean. But it's some Pucky. <laughs> All right. All right, guys. Uh, thanks for listening to F1 or F Off. You can find us anywhere you listen to podcasts. If you want to hit us up, you can find us on Instagram at F1 underscore or. 
underscore fof, and on Twitter at f1 or fof. You can also hit us up at f1 or fof podcast at gmail.com. All right, everybody. We'll see you next time. All right.